It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come, baby, come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, we are checking into Motel Hell. Scott. It's Motel Hell, oh, dude. Yeah. But the light burned out. Not until the <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> yeah, jeez, Matt. So, Scott, you had picked this. This is my second time picking this to discuss with you. <laughs> yeah, so here's the story with the first time we picked Motel Hell was the infamous night. I will say it's the infamous night. So... Scott drove all the way to Pennsylvania to go to an anime convention with me. <laughs> but, That's true friendship right there. Yeah. But the that night, he literally showed up. We saw each other face-to-face for the first time, gave a big old hug, and then I showed him where he would be sleeping in the basement. And we got on the computer <laughs> and started so much rec- worse than it was. And started recording three episodes of our podcast. And this is where you got our retroactive episodes years ago of Puppet Master 3 and Phantom of the Paradise were recorded this night. But the first thing we recorded was Motel Hell. And the problem that happened with Motel Hell was that this was when I was sitting on the other side of the room and Scott was sitting on the other side of the room. But the echo, it was picking up each other's voices so badly that the episode was like almost unlistenable. And that's when I locked myself in the laundry room and recorded in there for the last two episodes. But that was the last time I watched or talked about Motel Hell and I remember that was a good episode, but there's something special with this one because this is like, and Brian, you can correct me if I'm speaking out of turn here, but I feel like this was a this was a frequent player in the Kelly, like a frequent rental in the Kelly household when we were like getting into horror movies. Maybe for you, I watched this once with oddly enough bringing them up twice in the same recording month, but I watched this with Colin and uh, Mom. So I'm glad that you mentioned that you watched this with Mom. Because I heard about this movie from Dad. The Patreon bonus episode of this is going to be a short discussion of, like, 
movies that we discovered through unusual family recommendations because like the thing is our mom and dad are not horror fans <laughs> like it is insane that dad was just like oh yeah motel hell where they dig them up at the they dig them up to their necks and they cut out their throats and then they harvest them for food i'm like why do you know this <laughs> like you you won't even watch like nightmare on elm street or friday the 13th why is like motel hell just in your rolodex of pop culture references <laughs> <laughs> because dad would have been a horror fan if Doug Kenny had never lived. But once college That's... movies were a thing, <laughs> it, it changed, it. It changed it everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only, I literally think the only reason he saw this movie is because Wolfman Jack is in it. Yep. Like, yep. I, I have a genuine theory that that was Wait, it. Wait, who's Wolfman Jack in this movie? He's the, pre, he's the pastor. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. I'm pretty sure our dad had a Wolfman Jack shirt that he wore a lot when we were kids. I thought you were going to say a Wolfman Jack tattoo. Uh, I was a huge werewolf man Jack fan oh yeah because you like the sesame street the sesame street dude that was hit songs like it's hip to be a square and hip to be a square was in there letter, letter b. b and that's all i remember oh no there's a monster in my mirror how could i forget there's a the monster, monster in the mirror is in there telephone rock is on there telephone rock wow. doing the batty bat but yeah scott for for because i'm assuming this is just flying over your head there is a Sesame Street VHS and also available on DVD because I bought it. No shit. <laughs> it was a Sesame Street music video countdown hosted by Werewolf Jack. And it was just a werewolf puppet talking in Wolfman Jack's voice the whole time. And that was our first introduction to Wolfman Jack was through Werewolf Jack and our dad being like, oh, yeah, no, that's making fun of Wolfman Jack. He was a radio personality. And then our second was when we had, which it actually wasn't even clips of him. It was just his picks for a Halloween cassette that mom bought at like Giant or Target. Wolfman Jack and Motel Hell deep in the, the Kelly lore. But actually a watching it this time. And, and I think it was because like I watched this on the Screen Factory Blu-ray that I yeah, bought dude. years ago. And like. This is one of those movies, we always talk about how, like, sometimes these movies, like, when they're kind of muddy and grainy, like, that's the best way to see it. But, like, seeing this in, like, a pristine picture, like, it's a well-shot movie for what it is. Yeah, especially when they're dealing with the heads. Because, yes. like, the first, this is this is only the second time I've ever watched it. And, by the way, Matt's usual question of why did you pick it was not asked, but I'm going to give you the answer. It's because this is my Thanksgiving pick. And from now on, henceforth, Scott will be picking Cannibal Whoopsies in November. <laughs> I think that that's my new favorite genre, is the Cannibal Whoopsie genre. <laughs> the oopsie um, poopsie of picking a cannibal movie. But, but yes, so this is the first time I, watch, I watched the Blu-ray version. And man, so much better. Like, I, I remember the first time watching it, I watched a shitty, you know, YouTube link. And it's just, it was somewhat painful in the, to, to watch some of the scenes. Like, especially when they're on, in the picnic. Uh, and the, the really dark nighttime scenes were, like, really you hard to watch. You can see shit. Yeah, but now this blue is so much better. I Well, and, like, one of the things that jumped out at me early on is there's a scene where these two little girls go walking through the slaughterhouse. And it's this long tracking shot where, like, you see the girls in the distance and up front is all of, like, the pig carcasses and stuff. And it's just a very well-constructed tracking shot. Originally, 
Universal Studios wanted Toby Hooper to direct this movie. And then Universal backed out and then because they just thought that it was too strange. And then Toby Hooper was just like, oh, okay, well then I, I guess I won't do it. And this walked off. And I guess I'll make TCM too, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just make this instead. But yeah, apparently it was a much darker movie for a while. What I was reading was that the film, like, the original screenplay had uh, stuff with bestiality and a lot more violence and there was no comedy in it. Um, but... I'm I'm glad with what I we don't got. feel like it would work if it was too dark. I mean, like I, I I wish that they would have kept the bestiality in, not because that's a fetish or anything, but rather because I think that Farmer Vincent and his sister are a little bit too likable. Yeah, you know, like they they're not antiheroes. They that's the that's kind of the joke though. Is like you know, as as a vegan, I think this movie's fucking hilarious because like TCM two and maybe a couple other movies along those same lines. They are poking fun at people that are big meat eaters, but don't realize where their meat's coming from. And they don't yeah. give a fuck because they just like the taste, you know, and that's that's the whole point. And, like, I guess that the stuff would be kind of in that same realm, you know, kind of. It's a bit of a stretch, but, you know, where people just are mindless consumers. I just love the fact that they're like, there are too many people. We should just feed people to people. It would been It would have been better if we would have kept Farmer Vincent as kind of like the kind of not not wisecracking but you know like the sardonic like hillbilly who thinks it's kind of funny to eat anything that has legs but then add more darkness to it because yeah. it's a little bit too, you're i think that you're absolutely right that it's almost too lighthearted. because i think that the whole point of the fucking movie is almost lost on people that watch it passively because they're just like oh this is a fun slasher when it really is kind of like the social commentary is super important. And this movie is from, what, 1980? Yeah, 1980. It's It tackles a lot of interesting stuff. I'll tell you. But it's lost. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of crazy things that happen in this movie. But I think the most far-fetched moment is when our uh, final girl, our survivor girl, is really upset that her longtime boyfriend died in a motorcycle accident and that she didn't get to bury him. And then Farmer Vincent's just like, hey, I know that you're sad. But you're here, so that means God exists. And she's just like, you know what? You're right. I do feel so much better now. <laughs> like, like that, that speech went nowhere. And the idea that, like, she's officially over all of her sadness in, like, those three or four sentences, I was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's a weird movie. Yeah, this movie is really out there. I think that the – and that's what I love so much about it. Let me get to that in a second, though, because I got to point out something that Matt just said. So, dot, 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 you're here so God exists. And you're pointing that out as something silly. But you're a Christian. You can you can be a Christian and still understand the absurdity of You're just saying that that's not as absurd as your absurdity. So, there you go. No, anyway. So, here's – listen, if you're going to – here's the thing. I'm going to put a quick pin in that because I do, I do want to explain this because this is a thing that comes up. I've explained it like this. I don't necessarily think, like, I'm not one of those people who's like, the Bible's the truth. Everything that happens in the Bible's right. You should do this, that, and the other thing. Like, I don't think that, I don't necessarily think that Jesus died, was buried, and then came back three days later as some type of, like, spiritual zombie. But do I think that, like, the actual messages that he gave people of like, hey, you should love everybody. Yeah, don't be an should, asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like it's like, yeah, no, I can get behind that. So like, 
it's more just like, hey, he gave some good advice. Why not? And also, like, let's be honest, they pay me. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> you might want to cut that part. No, uh, I'm sure it. they're. Keep I'm it. sure they're listening to our movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm just giving you a hard time because I just think that when somebody's like Farmer Vincent is like, well, I'm not a bad person, even though I'm murdering people. They're all, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm feeding people, so it's all right. You know, it's just like we're, we're, we're putting kids in cages, but it's okay because they're brown. Or, you know, like... <laughs> We're not letting you have a medically induced abortion or because, you know, like a fucking cluster of selves is, deserves to live more than an adult woman. You know, like, where's the fucking line? There is no line. It's all like hypocrisy. That's what I was getting at. I don't really mean it about you. I hope I didn't offend you or anybody listening. To be fair, I offended you last week, yeah. so I think it's it's fair that I you get a shot I think that you're offending it. me was a little bit more acceptable. Here's my standpoint on it, because I, I agree with Scott. But I think that it's not necessarily I think religion, politics, whatever it is, it's not necessarily whatever the actual thing is, whether it's Christianity, whether it's your political beliefs. It is the individuals that twist their beliefs where it's like, well, I'm not gay, so you're gay and that's a problem. Uh, But I have sex before marriage and that's okay because this, this, and that. You know what I mean? It's like they twist it where it's like, well, if it's something that I don't like, I'm going to kind of put it to the side. And if it's something I don't like, then I'm going to use that as a reason. And that's what the problem is. Yeah, and that, that's the whole point of this movie, too, is like people are like, well, I don't I don't eat people. I would never eat people. How horrif- horrifying, like how horrific. But then they're like, yeah, yeah, just fucking kill animals in the most inhumane way. Let's grow them, artificially inseminate animals to make more meat for us. And the the whole point of this movie is crystallized for me when Vincent and his sister go to kill the humans that are, you know, buried to the next. By the way, the horror of this movie isn't the cannibalism. It's being the food. Like, that is the more obvious cannibalism. I was going to say, the more this, horror. this, like, the gurgling noises yeah. are horrifying in well, those and, and scenes like think about all the the ways we've watched people die in horror movie night movies just horror movie night movies right i think that this is the most horrific and the most disturbing because like you're not dead you're not dead yeah. for like a good eight days you're being force fed like if you eat fog foie gras this is what they do to the duck that makes yeah, their liver yeah. fat like you're being force fed for like eight days you are probably being drugged you have your throat your 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 larynx cut so that you can't speak. You're basically driven insane by the situation. You're left in darkness ninety nine percent of the time. You've got yeah, it's that's exact. But that's the thing is that that's exactly what happens to chickens. I don't care if this offends anybody. This part, if this offends anybody that's listening, because this is my pick. You're along for the ride. So um, <laughs> so either enjoy the ride or get off the bus, sister. And and they they're literally by by this point if you are upset you're probably already off the episode and probably like unsubscribing to us and you know like shit talking us in the world it's fine it's fine it's this is the hill i'm gonna die on yeah scott you have to learn to work towards our audience our audience has already told us that we are not very educational but entertaining why are you trying to be educational no, our audience and everyone <laughs> because i have we found our bread and butter people want us dumb <laughs> like... me and matt both eat meat we're, we're both meat eaters 
both of us. Yeah, and we're totally content yeah. with this conversation. So, and yeah, it's an and, important and conversation to have. But you're meat eaters because you don't care enough to not be. That's literally like, I know. I've had this conversation with both of you more than once. Yeah, like, <laughs> We've been friends for years. It's 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 because you don't care. And I'm having this conversation because I can't stop thinking about it. It's because I'm selfish. Yeah, but that's, that's fine. As long as you own it, I mean, I can't stop you. But when Farmer Vincent and his sister go to fucking you know harvest these bodies there they have this whole soliloquy about how like it no uh, i actually wrote it down no animal should ever suffer any unnecessary pain and like how do people that watch this movie like it's just a dumb slasher like what the fuck it's it's literally put on a platter like a head on a platter right there for you and i wonder if like so this movie has had like a long history of kind of just not <sighs> Like, I didn't know this until I was reading researching it, but issue nine of Fangora magazine, the cover was Farmer Vincent with the pig head and the chainsaw. And it is the rarest and most expensive to buy Fangora magazine now because it's sold so terribly. Oh, wow. It's the lowest selling Fangora magazine of all time. Like, there is something about this movie where it's like, it's... People are aware of it. They're aware of moments of it. But I don't... I think it's something that people know but haven't really watched. And if they've watched... Like you've said before, like, it's a... Like, I know that I have passively watched this movie way more than I've sat down and really watched this movie. Like, I feel like... Even though I remembered beat for beat things that were happening and I remembered, like, specific characters. I remember the way that people die and, like, I remember the last half... Like, the last, like, ten minutes, which I really think is, like one of the best finales of a of a slasher movie. Yeah. <laughs> I used preservatives. <laughs> but, but like I don't think I ever was paying enough attention to be like, "Oh shit." Because here's the thing. Do you know who appreciates this movie? Quentin Tarantino. 100%. Oh, for sure. I'm would appreciate I listen. This movie. I guarantee Wait, why? this isn't what's the, what's the I don't think you're tipping him off on a movie he hasn't seen. Uh, sure probably the seen biggest it. reason for that is is Quentin Tarantino, one of his most famous lines is a good artist doesn't do homages he steals uh and this movie is just night of the living dead psycho and texas chainsaw massacre just all stolen and put together (laughs) but but what i want to but what i want to say is like there are going to be people who are listening that feel like scott is like taking a movie and adding his own narrative to it and it's like no if you watch this movie, that is the narrative of the movie. Yeah. Like this is like, but but like you said, it's so easy to passively watch it and kind of be like, oh, they're talking. Fast forward, like, and just kind of like want to get to like the people buried in the ground and like the the kills and the chainsaw and the, fight. Like it really the chainsaw. That's yeah. I think that's what most people know about this movie. They don't. That's really... the most important scene. That is the most important scene in the movie, in my opinion. What? If you're going what? to write, if you're going to hear me out, if you're going to write a review on this movie, your review should only say two men have a Star Wars style fight with <laughs> chainsaws while one wears a pig head. And you're going to give that movie anywhere from zero to five stars. And that is a correct assessment of this movie. Whichever, <laughs> <laughs> whichever way the stars lie, it's right. Yeah, I, you know, I can't I, argue with that at all. <laughs> Because it it is like, I mean, in all honesty, I think that if that movie didn't end with him walking out with a pig's head on and a chainsaw, 
we wouldn't be talking about Motel Hell. I think that the movie would have literally just kind of been like werewolves on wheels type film where it was like, yeah, it was this weird thing that came out in the like late 70s, early 80s, but like no one really thinks about it. But like that image is such a like moment. I feel like the line between obscurity and cult is literally built on singular moments. And like that is like the singular moment that like brought this out of being like an obscure forgotten movie into like a cult film that people talk about 30 40 years after its release you're not wrong actually that is i you know i've been podcasting with you for damn near a decade now and i think that that is the most profound thing you've ever said uh (laughs) because like it's and i'm not saying you're stupid i'm saying that that is like fucking genius because i cannot agree more with you like think about the first movie that came to mind when you were saying that was luther the geek which it doesn't have a cult following although it is a quite disturbing movie in my opinion doesn't have that moment doesn't have that visual whereas you know like this movie i would be fine with it if the the heads were the the crux of the movie but you're right we wouldn't it wouldn't have a cult status it wouldn't have a blue like the kindred yeah. doesn't have like i mean as much as i love the kindred it doesn't really it doesn't have, have that moment. scene I mean, the example I think of, and obviously I think of it because I love this movie, but like Sleepaway Camp. If Sleepaway Camp didn't end with the shot that Sleepaway Camp ends with, it would just be like this movie that people talk about sometimes at a convention and try to convince you to watch. But like because of that ending shot, everybody's like, yo, you've got to fucking see Sleepaway Camp. (laughs) Like it's it is just built on those like singular things that burn into people's brains and carries them through remembering it. And like because I think a lot of the, the line of cult filmmaking to me is like i think of something like freaked like the way that freak had a cult following was and i was talking about this uh with my interview with felicia rose a little bit but the internet came along and for years there was a bunch of people who had these singular experiences with movies where they felt like no one else shared that experience and all of a sudden they had this community where it's like oh my god you also found that movie at midnight on showtime and couldn't understand what you were seeing like that is like where the cults really started to really build uh in the age of the internet was like people seeing these weird trashy late night movies on like usa and cinemax and feeling like no one's seen this, no one's heard of this, like, I must have made this up. Like, I feel like there's so many people that have that line. I thought I made this movie up. Like, they just, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, that was basically Reddit horror. That was all it was. Scenes that I wish, uh, that I thought I had made up uh, and forgotten about is the whole weird scene with the swingers. Yes, <laughs> I, that's the only thing that I still wanted to talk about was that. Like, like there's just, like, the weird whipping sequence and i'm just like what is happening the weirdest thing about that is that he doesn't finish shaving no (laughs) uh that scene also (laughs) that scene also gives me the biggest laugh with how quickly he gets knocked out by the laughing (laughs) like he's he's so excited he's like oh is that some of that notra socks and his head just like falls back the only other question i had down was brian have you ever had a hypno high no, I have not. <laughs> so, all right. I just always have to check when there's new ways for people to get high, which is apparently putting a very hypnotic spinning light to make a head buried in the ground just spin its head around until it gets dizzy. 
It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come, baby, come, and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Scott, what would your double feature with Motel Hell O be? I am unabashedly going to pick the most obvious TCM2 because these movies are two of my favorites. And, I mean, like, Motel Hell was not up there in like my top 50 favorite horror movies it, like i always liked it and then watching the blue for this episode i was like god damn now it has the rewatchability that like tcm2 does and so i mean they're just inex- they're basically mirror they're twins you yeah, know motel it's, hell it's, uh, farmer vincent versus whatever his name is the chili king you get the chainsaw lightsaber battles although i think that the chainsaber lightsaber battle is better in tcm2 strictly because of just like how over the top it is. So there's another movie that we discussed on Reddit Horror Club that I think we should consider for a horror movie night one day that also has an epic chainsaw battle prophecy about the killer <laughs> about the killer mutant bear. <laughs> Brian, how about you go? Because I am worried that I might take yours and I have some backups. Oh, you're worried you might take mine. Um, I would do... Did you say people as under the stairs? As, yeah, yeah, as soon as I asked that question, I was like, of course he doesn't have one written down. <laughs> what am I talking about? So my double feature, Brian said people under the stairs. My double feature would be the other wishes it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that I think is a brilliant and delightful rewatch. Taurus Trap. Oh, yes. Okay. Like, I, I think I would have a good time with this back-to-back. Also, side note, I don't feel like getting into a discussion, but I think Scott and I already touched on this once before on a different episode, but the only thing I could do without is, like, the weird pseudo-zombies at the end. Yeah, um, the, the, I, I don't like that in this movie. It would be literally a 10, uh, literally a 10 out of 10 if it weren't yeah. for the pseudo-zombies. Like, I get that I like that they, they get their comeuppance, but at the same time, they weren't fat. You know, like there, there are a lot yeah. of logistic hurdles that should have been taken care of. I mean, like, and it, it, also they wouldn't be fast. You know, they, they, their limbs would have been atrophied for eight days, not moving. You know, like it would be, there are cool ways that they could have done it, but I just, you know, yeah, could have done without it. Yeah. Scott, what did you watch this week that you want to tell people to ch- 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 check out? Well, I have a song and a TV series. So I'll start with the TV series. We finished The Good Place. So we watched season four because it finally hit Netflix? Yeah. Or is it Hulu? Oh, Netflix, what a finale. Yeah, what yeah. Finale. Uh, I saw it coming um, and still cried. But like a good cry. It was just like a really, 
You know, like just soft tears going down my cheeks. Megan was crying I mean, that's harder the than show. me. I feel like that's the whole show. The show is like soft cry the show. Like it's just like <laughs> a constant reminder of like that there can be human goodness in the world and people can grow and change if they want to put an effort into it. It's such a PG show and it there's the, on paper it should not be compelling. But it's just yeah. a great show and all the characters, I mean all the actors are phenomenal. What was the song? This EP came out by a band called Salem, which is a stupid fucking name for a now a band, but so it's the lead singer of Creeper, which is also a terrible band name, but Matt likes them. I sent them to him this summer, I guess. It's the singer of that band and some guys from other bands that I've never heard of, but they have this song called Destroy Me, and it has been stuck in my brain. You know how last week I was talking about how I keep songs, like tech death songs on the ready? So that, yeah. <laughs> that this is why, because songs like Destroy Me, they get stuck in my head because they're repetitive and catchy, but not like really good songs. I mean, like this song's great. I, I, it, it's good. No, I'm sorry. The song is good. It has the potential to be great, but it just doesn't quite hit. It's just like, you know, it, I, I would do a couple things differently, but phenomenal little ditty for the fall. You should probably check it out. Nice. I'll go real quick because I don't have a ton to say about it, but I watched both seasons of Killing Eve, which is a BBC show uh, starring Sandra Oh. And it's probably the best cat and mouse story I've ever seen play out uh, as a TV show. Um, So if you're into anything that's like kind of a like a tug of war type story with like serial killers. It's about a female serial killer and this woman Eve, who is an expert at serial killers who has always felt like a woman would do a better job at it than a man and doesn't understand why there's not more female serial killers. So when she finds out that there's one loose in London, she kind of becomes obsessed with it in the wrong way. As much as she wants to do her job and capture this person, she's also so captivated by the style in which this woman kills. Like, it almost turns into this weird, like, pseudo-friendship between the two of them. Maybe her theory is right, Matt. And maybe women are better serial killers than men, which is why we don't have many, because they don't get caught. If you ever want to try that on for size. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been put in my place. (laughs) I finally watched Peeping Tom. Uh, it's been on my list for years. I just never wanted to pay for it because I don't like paying for many things. And it's back on Prime, so I watched it, and uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I knew it as the movie that got overshadowed by Psycho that came out the same year. And after watching it, you know, I figured out that the only reason that Psycho overshadowed this movie is because Psycho is a much better movie. And that... <laughs> I was waiting for that line. <laughs> yeah. And and I enjoyed Peeping Tom, but to be like, uh, you know, oh, I can't believe Psycho got all the attention. It's like, I can. I definitely can. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, so I, I agree with everything you're saying. Psycho is definitely the better movie. With Peeping Tom, I think that Peeping Tom is ultimately a more horrifying story yes. than Psycho is. But yeah, better. but I really enjoyed Peeping Time. I'll probably watch it again in like six years when it's free again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, 
That was Motel Hell, as picked by Scott and discussed by us. Brian picked a movie that, so here's a hint that no one will be able to resolve because this is behind the scenes stuff, that we had already picked and watched once and then our co-host flaked out on us and we just decided we weren't going to record it at all. Is that how it happened? Yep. Tune in for us to finally finish what we started in our first year by having to rewatch the movie. Hit up our Patreon, hear us talk about the craziest ways that we've heard of movies, and we will be back next week with another regular episode of Horror Movie Night. listening to the Geekscape Network. It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into One Hit Wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.